Welcome to the Film Coterie. I'm Roger. I'm Adam. And this is episode 46 for the week of April 13th, Friday the 13th. Dun, 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 dun. That's Jaws. <laughs> I guess it's the... Ki, 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 ah, ah. 2018. How are you, Adam? I'm good. The Jackets, we have a delayed start. The Blue Jackets just won game one. Yes. Of their matchup in the Stanley Cup playoffs against the Washington Capitals. Yeah. Went to overtime, so thank you for being patient and letting me watch the end of the game. The bread man strikes again. Panarin. Panarin, baby. I love him. It was an exciting finish. Yeah, it if you was didn't exciting. See it, they were behind <laughs> all game, came back, tied it, went to overtime. This is not a hockey podcast, though, Adam. I know. We're a, we'll move away. I'm just still happy. First time they've ever taken a game one in a playoff series. There you go. And uh, if you can't tell, we're located here in Columbus, Ohio. <laughs> yes, we're locals. <laughs> and uh, this is a film podcast, a general film podcast. And I saw a movie tonight, too. I saw Rampage, so oh, I got I, hockey and a movie. And I can't wait to interview. And I have seen a whole slew of stuff over the last two weeks. And so um, I'm excited to to get into some movies tonight. And uh, yeah, I've also had a little bit of an adventure. I want to <laughs> talk to you about this adventure. <laughs> we are recording back here at your office out of necessity. Not in the sound booth. <laughs> no. So, as you know, Roger tries to stay away from horror, but a horror event came to him. Yes, it Something did. Something truly horrific happened in his basement. Yes. He told me about it, I believe, the day after. And uh, it's the stuff of nightmares. It is the complete stuff of nightmares. Our sanitary sewer, not water, not sump pump. We're talking sewer. The brown water. The brown water. We had a tremendous rain, and then on top of that, um, come to discover that my manhole had some issues, and the line, the main line outside had issues, and it had a block in it. And the sanitary sewer water backed up into my basement about two inches deep over the entire basement floor. When you described it coming out of the sink, it was like Evil Dead. Just a geyser. It, it it was horrible, and so, and then what was even worse um, was after we got everything unplugged and it actually redrained, was the film it left over all of the concrete. Uh, it was just horrific. Is it like Outbreak the movie? Did guys in yellow suits show up too? Literally, there were guys in white suits and masks that came. And got rid of, got rid of the shit. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I'm truly sorry to hear that happened so, to you. So, and then on top of that, anything, you know, anything in the entire basement that was not um, touching the floor, but any boxes that were on top of boxes all had to come out of the basement. So my entire first floor looks like I just literally moved into the house. So it's been quite the adventure. Um, two foot of damage. Every wall in the basement had to be cut up two feet. And what about the sound booth? Cut two feet up. Yeah, everything. All my, I lost all my office furniture, all my office, I mean everything, all my bookshelves, filing cabinets, because they were all nice high-end wood, you know, all gone. So I'm going to go get I, some, I, some cheap Ikea stuff or something, I guess. I don't know. But... um 
Yeah, you know, we have a relationship with some uh, horror directors. I, we should have called them up and said, are you looking for a place to shoot? If you need a grungy basement. <laughs> I'm telling you, man. That, and uh, I did a tour of a uh, downtown building, Columbus, that um, uh, uh, my wife and I went and checked it out. And uh, we're doing this tour of this building, and uh, it is built in 1922. And it has one of these old single elevator shaft-like things, you know? And I thought... Man, this would be a great place to shoot some, shoot a horror film as well. So, yeah. Did you see Lloyd the bartender from Shining? Oh man, I'm surprised I didn't. <laughs> Any twin girls roaming around? No, thank goodness. I'm in a Shining mood, if you can't tell, because next week I get to go to the Overlook Film Festival. That's awesome, man! I tell you, I'm very excited for you, and the lineup's looking pretty good. Oh, the lineup's great. And we have some directors already reaching out to us, so we're going to do some previews next week. Yep. Uh, both written, and I'm going to try to get a preview episode recorded real quick, so we'll get that out. And then you'll want to follow me on social media. We'll put the tags at the end of this episode. Absolutely. But I will be giving my quick thoughts about what I've seen, and I'm just so excited for Hereditary. It's Saturday night, I believe. Third I, night. And I'm happy for you. Yes. So, yep, follow me, and I'll be giving you my quick thoughts on what I'm seeing in awesome. New Orleans. That's going to be so much fun. And so, yeah, we have a bunch of movies we've seen. And so um, we'll probably, when you get back, we'll do an episode, Overlook follow-up. You yeah, know. there'll be a yeah post-mortem. Let's so, use that word for horror So film you have festival. some travel. I have some travel in the in, toward the end of this month. But we're, we have so many movies we've seen. We're going to keep punching out episodes. Well, <laughs> let's keep this in mind. When we come back, it's Avengers Week. Oh, yes. So we'll probably do an episode and probably a spoiler cast. For the Avengers. Yep. Infinity War. Oh, yes. Absolutely. Well, let's get into it. This episode is all about giant monsters. We're going to talk about Rampage and then chase it with a, a dash of Pacific Grim Uprising. I love it. Well, let's jump right into it. You're listening to the Film Coterie podcast. We'll be right back after this quick look into Rampage. A rescue, George. He was two years old. He's not just a friend. He's family. Don't move a muscle. Are you crazy? No! Don't move! <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> okay. Very funny. You and I laughing at your joke. New guy, he no laugh. He cry. You can get up now. And check your diaper. Come on. Let's go. message about George, you okay? I don't know. George? It's okay. Is it me or is he considerably bigger? All right, and we're back, and we're going to talk about Rampage. Now, smash, boom, crash. Yes. Now, I did not get a chance to go tonight. I had I want to bring up something here. Okay. <laughs> In the history of the podcast, there's been some movies I've seen by myself. Uh, King Arthur leaps to mind. I know there was two others that you were conveniently absent for. I, I, I honestly had a scheduling conflict tonight. <laughs> okay. Because, again, <laughs> it happened again tonight. I was the only one to see Rampage. What? None of the other guys? No, they did. I just oh, okay. meant for our, for us, our yes. purposes. I got gotcha. you. I was flying solo on this mission. Yes. And it was an empty theater. This was one with reserved seating, and we were there 10 minutes prior to start buying our tickets, and oh there were only gosh. five seats sold in a massive IMAX. The, there was no one there for Rampage. 
So I don't know how this one's going to open. I haven't paid any attention to the tracking. So so let's talk a little bit of history about Rampage. It started as a video game. A very simple video game. Yes. Well, you literally just blew... You, you had these giant creatures and you destroyed buildings. There was a gorilla. There was a Godzilla. And there was a werewolf that were all, you know, two stories tall. And you punch buildings, you climb on buildings, you jump on top, you eat humans, get your health back, you punch tanks, and that was it. You clear the screen, you go to the next screen. Right. I don't even know if you could beat the game. And it was rinse and repeat. Yeah, I don't... Sure. It was just random cities. Yep. I don't I don't remember if you could actually beat the original. But it was fun. There was nothing like Rampage. That's what drew me to it in the arcade. The chance just to be a kid and play a monster and destroy a city. You're not the good guy here. You're eating people left and right to get your health back. Yeah, it was just those fun, feed that part of your brain, you know, uh, games. I remember, I remember playing it when it when it came out. You know, so yeah, back when they had arcades, I guess they still do. <laughs> and now they want to throw 150, two million, 200 million dollars at this to make it a movie franchise. Yeah. So then that leads me. Let me just do some investigative journalism here when it comes to Rampage, because this is a movie worthy of serious discussion. Blu-ray Bob was with me, and you've heard us talk about him. This that was is a, my first question was, Blu-ray Bob is the everyman. He is, he is the conscience of society, the general masses, the, 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 the people that just go, he's, you know, he's not looking for, he enjoys serious movies, he enjoys uh, critical movies, you know, but he just goes to enjoy himself, you know? And this movie is up his alley. If it's giant monsters and destruction and... You know, The Rock, it just kind of an action. And I have to be honest with you, Adam. I'm kind of that way. There's a part of my brain that kind of just likes that, too. I like to just check out, and I like big monsters, big explosions, and big action stars, you know. So, yeah, I get it. And so uh, his thoughts on the movie? He liked it. He gave it an A. Not an A+, not an A-, minus, but a solid A. Okay, and he said it was the most entertained he's been in the theater since John Wick Chapter 2. Wow. Now, that's some high praise there. And he admits it's not a good movie or great movie. It's entertaining. Right? The word he uses is entertaining. And this is just eat the popcorn, drink the soda, shut off your brain entertainment. Yep. And I got to admit, I kind of had some fun, too. And I want to point this out. We're going to review Pacific Rim, so I'm not going to jump into that yet. But the other video game movie to come out this year is Tomb Raider. Right. And we both discussed what Tomb Raider did not do well was the tomb rating. Yep. Weakest part of the movie, and that should have been the strongest. Exactly. Rampage gets this right. The yeah. city destruction, the whole final third act is fun. They <laughs> nail it. It's what you want. They're climbing on the buildings. They're punching holes. It looks like the game. Nice. They're fighting each other. They're fighting the army. This director was able to go back to the eight-year-old self and play with toys and, and do it the way he'd imagine the city being destroyed. So they, sure. they nailed that aspect of it. Nice. Excellent. And so, um, it, it, you know, basically the premise of this movie, from what I've read, is that it kind of jumps around in time. It starts in 1993. Did it begin in 93 with a some kind of CRISPR technology or some advancement <laughs> or something? And, I was thinking, like, I just saw the movie an hour ago. And then it fast forwards to, this is what I'm reading, it doesn't, yeah. to, to, to 2016 or something, and some genetics, and they're outlawed. They consider it weapons of mass destruction or something. And That's just, that's just literally the words on the screen. There's nothing that takes place <laughs> in 1993. That's the the prescript to this okay. film. Uh, it starts on a space station. 
Okay. And it looks a lot like the movie Life with this right. genetically modified material that gets loose. And it crash lands on Earth. And as you've seen in the preview, it lands in a gorilla pen. It lands in the swamp. And it yep. lands out in Colorado or Wyoming where a wolf gets to it. And it's a green gas that hits the animal and makes them big and makes them aggressive and makes them head to Chicago. To tear stuff up. Yes. So um, let's talk about... And there's a very specific and a very dumb reason to head to Chicago, but I will not get into that. We don't want to spoil this movie for you, but the animals are heading to Chicago, all of them. And uh, let's start... So Dwayne Johnson is a primatologist, primatologist. He's a very skilled individual. Not only is he a primatologist, okay, he's ex-special forces, and he's a helicopter pilot. Well, of, but of course. And I think he gained this skill because it might be the same character from San Andreas where he's piloting the helicopter well, around everywhere. you know, of most primatologists I've met, they usually have some kind of ex-military background. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it, it reminded me for a second, jumping back to True Lies where Schwarzenegger was CIA, but he could fly a Harrier just fine. Exactly. <laughs> like it's a minivan you're driving. Yeah. So how was Dwayne Johnson in the movie? Is he? How is The Rock in this movie? He's good. He's The Rock. I mean, you know what the performance is. I don't think you're going to be surprised by any depth no, I, here. I loved him in Jumanji. I thought well, he that was, was different because you know he was playing a child. He's playing, yeah, he was playing a kid, and yeah. he played kind of against type, and he played a nerd. So I, I kind of have a soft spot for some of his stuff, you know. And I just wondered how The Rock was in Rampage. He's exactly like you think he's going to be. <laughs> I mean, he's he's got that performance nailed down. Awesome, the, the hero. Okay. Um, and then Naomi Harris, thankless role, good role, wasted role. Wasted role. Of course. The real romance here is between The Rock and George the Monkey. Uh, uh, of course. They speak in sign language. Yeah. Hey, I guess we could have tied this into a quiet place, too. But anyway, we're doing this as our monster <laughs> episode. And, uh, yeah, George gets big. George gets angry. And uh, maybe George comes around and realizes the error of his ways and will save a city. I don't know. Oh. Well, if you followed the trailers. <laughs> yes, the trailers give away the whole movie. <laughs> the trailers imply that George has a change of heart and gets on the Rock's team at the end. But I'm just, uh, that may just be misleading. Yeah. I don't mm. know, you know. How about CGI, the graphics? It's good. Uh, this, to me, looked a lot better than Pacific Rim. Really? Yep. This, I mean, the monster destruction stuff is solid. It's filmed in just such a fun way. Clear set pieces are being built. They're, they're having fun. They want the audience to have fun with this. It's spectacle on the grandest scale, and they're delivering on that. The CG is good. Uh, George was motion captured. Pretty per- convincing performance. I don't think anyone motion captured the wolf or the alligator, but... <laughs> okay. Oh, you know, did you ever see the video of Benedict Cumberbatch when he was smog, where he crawled around? Yeah. Yeah, I don't think anyone did that for the gator here, but... Okay. Uh, um, the monkey had to, because of you know all the sign language and everything else he communicates... He's also very fond of giving the middle finger, which which gets some laughs out of the crowd. Hey, you know that's just the, the a well played offensive gesture. The, thir- the thirteen year thir- the thirteen year old inside of me is just all about that. <laughs> King Kong never did it, but George does. <laughs> George isn't that big. If you see him from the trailers, he gets to about Mighty Joe Young size, I would say. Yeah, nowhere near as big as the latest Kong. Well, yeah, <laughs> who they had to scale up to fight Godzilla in an eventual film. Yep. So we need to talk about Jeffrey Dean Morgan in this movie. Okay. He's Negan. 
Um, I remember him acting before Walking Dead where he wasn't Negan and everything. But it's the line delivery. He's giving every single line off his back foot. Leaning back, sarcastic. It, it's, it's something. It's quite the performance. I mean, it got a lot of unintentional laughs. Oh, boy. Because he kind of does this weird Negan plus Tommy Lee Jones caricature. It's strange. And you're supposed to believe he's a Texas secret service, the government agency that doesn't have a name kind of level of power. Okay. So he's very distracting. Uh, the two people I saw it with the movie, one of them just outright loved his performance. It's pure camp. And, you know, I think it, it goes way too far because he just shows up. And every scene he just literally walks in and delivers lines. doesn't matter where it is on Earth. Yeah. It could have been in a space station. Yeah. And he'd have just showed up and gave a line. He's not in the space station in the movie, but it wouldn't have surprised me if he just <laughs> swam through the air from the previous room. Oh, man. So he's, he's uber Negan. Right. Just without the bat. Gotcha. But he's distracting. But like I said, the movie's fun. It's popcorn at its finest. I've been disappointed by some big blockbuster stuff recently, but yeah. I think this nails what it's set out to do. There's not too many lulls in it. It gets moving. Not overly long. So okay. everyone I saw it with was entertained. If that's what you're going in to see, just City Fall and Monkeys Thrive and Survive and Crash and Bash, this is your movie. Awesome. All right. Well, that's Rampage. That's going to wrap it up for that. We have another big budget giant monster kaiju robot movie. This one with more toys. We have Jaegers versus Kaiju. Yes. And we're going to we're going to have a quiz if you know what Jaeger means. Not the shot. Yes, if you know what and I know what the word Jaeger means. If you know what it means, you could win a million dollars on the film. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> We're not going to give anything away, but we'll tell you what Jaeger means when we come back. Let's listen to a little bit of Pacific Rim Uprising. Tony's is not a toy. You're going to get us killed. I can get us out of here. I just got us out. Oh, my God. That's November Ajax. Pilots of unregistered Jaeger. This is the Pan Pacific Defense Corps. Power down and exit your compod. No, 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 of Code 10, Section 14, operation of an unregistered Jaeger. Hang on! Hey, I'm hanging on! Hang tighter! <laughs> All right, we're back, and we are not done talking about giant monsters. No, we are not. Just yet. We're going to turn our attention to Pacific Rim Uprising, the sequel to Guillermo del Toro's Pacific Uprising. Which I'm I sorry, loved. Pacific Rim from a couple years yes, ago. Yes, I loved Guillermo's Pacific Rim. He's not at the helm this time. I know. I was so bummed about that. His his version of the movie did not make its way to the screenplay. It was chucked at some point along the way, and Stephen DeKnight took over. Wouldn't you love to know what that version was, though? I'm curious, because I don't think Guillermo would have made this movie. Good or bad, this wasn't a Guillermo-style story no. here. 
this was, let me point this out, Stephen the Knight's background is from Netflix Marvel. That should tell you something here, and that's what I kind of felt like I was watching. No, there's no hallway fights in this movie, but they're about as exciting as a hallway fight. Um, and the, the melodrama is just kind of dull. So... We're we're not getting off to a very good start here at Pacific Rim. It was a disappointment. So what, what for is me. the premise of the for the somebody who did not see the first one? Tell us what the what is the premise of Pacific Rim? Uh, these Jaegers, which Jaegers? The word we'll give the word out now. What does the word Jaeger mean, Adam? It means hunter. In hunter, German. and these hunters hunt a specific prey called a kaiju. Now, what is a kaiju, Adam? Well, generally, kaiju is a Japanese word that we've adapted into our own pop culture for giant monster. Giant monster. Of These any, are the city wreckers. Yeah, any of any kind of got kind of was birthed with Godzilla, and then the whole series of movies that came after that, uh, which I just love all of those movies. I, I just, if I have a guilty pleasure, it's I love a good kaiju movie. So, and so the the premise for the whole franchise is pretty simple: that in the Pacific Rim. There's a breach. There's an interdimensional yep. breach at the bottom of the ocean where these monsters keep coming out, and they're destroying the world. So humans have built giant robots. Yeah, that to, they've dubbed to, the Jaegers, that are the same size them. as the monsters yep, to, to fight, fight them. The monsters keep getting bigger, and the Jaegers may not be able to keep up with the size of them. So that's Pacific Rim in a nutshell. They seal the breach in the first movie, and now we get to the sequel. Ten years have passed. Um, we meet the son of Stacker Pentecost, who was played by Idris Elba in the first movie. This is Jake Pentecost, right. played by uh, John Boyega, yeah. who you know as Finn from the new Star Wars movies. Sure. And some of the returning cast members. Um, Mako Mori is underused in this movie. She's kind of just chucked to the side in the storyline. And that's really it. These monsters are starting to come back, but in a different way than you'd expect. There is a twist. Yeah. A twist i didn't take very well personally because it's changing some of the things i thought from the first movie yes i think dramatically changing and we get some jaeger on jaeger action you can see it in the trailers yeah there's no real monsters until the end and that's and the okay i want to love this movie i want to love pacific rim movies i want to love the whole premise of this there's just so much that does not work in this movie i, I mean um, I didn't like the story premise at all. No, you know I, I didn't, and, and I, I, I'm not going to. I'm trying. I, I don't want to spoil. We're not spoiling because the trailer doesn't give it away. Yeah, trailer. But it's like Pacific Rim is Jaegers fighting kaiju, and we really don't get that. The I, I you know, you don't get that at all. And and there, let's. So we're going to add a political twist about drones taking over the Jaegers. I mean, come on. I just wanted to just fall out of the chair and be like, you got to be kidding me. And the biggest disappointment, at least to me, is that the fights are so lackluster. Oh. They are quick. Yes. There's no joy in shooting these. Like, I'm not even the biggest fan of the first Pacific Rim. I mean, it's a movie I've seen maybe twice. Yeah. It's not something I revisit. It was fine. I took my my son was much younger at the time. You know, I think he was 13 or 14 and he just loved it. You know, it's kind of like feeds that inner boy in you, you know. 
But it had so many more iconic fights. I mean, I remember the first time you see the sword deployed. Oh. Or the shot where the Jaeger's coming down the street and you see it's carrying a boat and it hits the kaiju with the boat. Yes. There's there's good fights in that movie. Yes. This one, it just felt like they were trying to get it off the screen quickly. Like, oh, they're going to punch each other and then cut away and we'll do something else. There was so little creativity that went into the fights. and the, the, Yes. That's what I was talking about with Rampage. There's some literal joy in the shooting of those scenes. You can see the eight-year-old coming out in the director. Here, it was just workmanlike. Yeah. Get it on the screen, get it done, and move on. Just no real originality to the fights at all. Nothing iconic. No. And, you know, I, I appreciate that they're now starting to shoot these scenes in bright sunlight and trying to make them look more photorealistic. And, and I get that. You know, our technology is getting better and better and better and better. That's awesome, but but have some purpose and intent behind it. Make it have meaning behind it. And and, and I got to tell you, I just there's a there's a reveal of the bad guy at the end of the movie, and I just hated it. Yeah, I hate because I think it undermined a lot of what happened in the original Pacific Rim, you know. And I just didn't buy it. I'm like, that is such a cheap cop out, you know. And that disappointed me more than anything in the, in the film. Um, well, here's the thing. I it, I actually started this movie viewing it really optimistic because I like the way it opened. <coughs> we meet a new character, and she's the best part of the movie. Yeah. And they don't do enough with her. It's they a do. young girl named Amara. Yes. She's built her own Jaeger, a small one. I thought the exact – I thought Adam, I thought the exact same thing. I thought, oh, they're taking this, this – they're making this story organic. They're going to do something really cool with this. I like the character. And then, you know, the best sequence in the whole movie is her outrunning a full-size Jaeger. Oh, In her little excellent. Jaeger named yes. Scrapper. Yes, was great. And that's that's the heart of the movie right there. Yep. They had it, and then they misuse it. Because she just gets pushed to the side. Yeah. Boyega's fine in this movie, but sure. his character is so boring. He's a guy that runs away, kind of like Finn. But he doesn't care that he comes back. He's just waiting so he doesn't get in trouble. Yeah. And, and he doesn't grow or do anything. Yeah. And Scott Eastwood, I don't even know what his role in the whole movie was. He, it was just there for eye candy, maybe. I, I don't know. And I'm not trying to put him down, but I'm just like, why are you even in this movie, you know? Are you supposed to be like the, the, solid, the solid post that brings everybody back together, like the leader they're all going to rally around? I, and he's I, not. He's got he, no charisma. He's no charisma, man. No. You know? So I thought the movie might have had something if it had focused more on Amara and Jake Pentecost. If uh, these were gonna, I thought they were gonna become co-pilots. Yes. Like in the first movie, because in the in the Pacific Rim universe, the monsters are so big, you need two pilots because it's too much of a strain. So I thought we were gonna get some real chemistry between these two. She was the heart and soul. She wanted to be a Jaeger pilot. He doesn't. You know, they got that dynamic between them. Nothing really develops there. Yeah. So that's the thing. It, it's frustrating because they had the right angle. And then they took a turn and missed it. Yeah. You know, they were going on the right path. It starts great, and it's all downhill after that first scene. Yeah. And I wanted, I'll be honest with you, I don't get jazzed about seeing giant ro robots fight each other. You know, drones fighting robots and robots fighting other robots. It's like Transformers. That's it. Well, I, and I, I'm not a big fan of the Transformer movies, just yeah. to be honest, just because of that fact, you know. But now you get a giant kaiju out there that's just that's that's bad i mean you know that can tear it up you know that maybe shoot nuclear stuff out of their mouth or eyes or something i mean you know I, yeah and then you fight them that's fun you know but i don't know and and i thought even 
the battle at the end <laughs> made it just it was so underwhelming and so I don't know. I just was disappointed. I, I just didn't really, you know, some people may love it, may, may love the changes they made and, you know, and, and, and they tried to go bigger in some areas and I, I give them credit for that, you know, um, but it just didn't resonate with me at all. I just, yeah. Yeah. And it's frustrating because I didn't know what they were going to do for a sequel, but this does seem like the wrong approach. So I, I don't know. It did well in China. I don't know if we'll see any more Pacific Rim movies. That's the other funny thing. Legendary was purchased by some Chinese investors. Yeah. And they put out the Great Wall movie. They're putting out stuff. But one hallmark in their stuff is that there always has to be a heroic Chinese character, which is fine. I think it's great. Yeah. This stands out like a sore thumb here because it took me a second to realize who that was. There's a hero that comes out of nowhere in the end, and you're like, is that the same person from earlier that was just in one scene? Right. And she's piloting a familiar Jaeger that you saw earlier. Yeah. And it's out of the blue. So they got her heroic moment in there, but it's going to kind of surprise you and confuse you, and not in a good way. It's just felt thrown in. Yeah, uh, I'm with you there. So overall, um, was not a huge fan of the movie. I mean, I think I ended up two and a half or out of five stars maybe. You know, kind of middle of the road, a little bit disappointing. Um, and the more I think about it and, and analyze it critically, the lower my feeling is of the movie. You know, between the two, Rampage is the more fun movie. Yeah, they they achieve their goal better than Pacific Rim. Pacific Rim is supposed to be big, fun monster robot action. Doesn't right. do it. It's like yeah. Tomb Raider, where the worst part is the Tomb Raiding. This one, the worst part of the movie is the monster battles. So, if you have to choose between the two, I. I think you're better off choosing Rampage. Yeah. Well, there you go. And that's going to kind of, that's kind of it for our, we have, this is our big monster episode, right? Our big giant monster features. So um, let's take a quick break and come back and then we'll preview what we have coming up. So you're listening to the Film Coterie. We'll be right back. All right, and we're back, and uh, we're just going to kind of wrap this this mini monster episode up. Uh, Adam, what do we have to look forward to in next week's episode of the Film Coterie? What do we got coming up? Well, we're talking over. Look, I'm going to put out a preview episode. Uh, we're also going to do an episode where we go over Isle of Dogs, yeah. A Quiet Place. I wonder if we could do that in sign language. Neither Roger and I know it, but it'd we'll be a, to, It'd be a very boring podcast. Very boring podcast, but we'd stay alive. If the monsters were hunting us. And then we have Death of Stalin, a political dark comedy. So we're kind of going from horror and then slowly going down to more obscure, more quirky, quirky films. Yeah. That sounds, I'm looking forward to that. I think it's going to be a fun discussion. Um, for those of, their, of the folks listening out there, how can they find you and I uh, on the interwebs? Uh, Facebook is the best place to find us. You just go to facebook.com backslash filmcoterie. You'll see our page. Follow us there and tell us what you're watching. We are also on Twitter and Instagram. How can they follow you on Twitter since you're going to overlook? Right. So I'm going to try to post on both. So our our main handle is at filmcoterie, and it's also the same handle for Instagram, at filmcoterie. But my personal handle is at at barney. 
and I'll be posting on both. We're a uh, official press coverage for this year, so I'll be posting a lot under the Film Coterie handle. Excellent. I don't really do a whole lot with t- Twitter, you know, you, at Roger underscore leg, um, but I do have a blog, faithinfilm.blog. You can check it out, and I write a bunch of reviews. I try to review just about every movie I see, and you can read my reviews in like 30 seconds or left, less. They're real short, so... Yeah, you can enjoy this there. But good episode, Adam. I, I enjoyed talking these monster films with you. And so I uh, hope you guys enjoyed it as well. And we'll see you next time on another episode of The Film Coterie.